Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Uh, you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 4. And I want to bring you a message today. It's a standalone message. We're not in a series, but I am excited about the series we're going to step into leading up to Easter. Listen, y'all, Easter is going to be slamming. It's going to be amazing. God has taken us places. I don't want you to miss it. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. But today we have a standalone topic, and I want to talk to you out of Mark chapter 4. And the title of the message today is simply this, The Toil of the Soil. The Toil of the Soil of the soil. Mark 4:13 the scripture tells us, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? Okay? Interesting verse. I read that this week and I thought, okay, there's something to this verse that unlocks meaning and significance in a lot of different places. Let me read it to you again, verse 13. Jesus says to his disciples, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, somebody say this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? Can you say all parables? You see, there's something, I'm going to teach you out of Mark 4 about one of the parables of Jesus, and I think he lays significance on this particular parable saying that understanding this one will help bring revelation to all the other ones. How many of you love the words of Jesus? How many of you love the stories of Jesus? How many just like a good story in general? Yeah, you know, we, we, we forget facts, but we remember stories. My kids love to hear of the love story. They say, Daddy, how did you and Mom first fall in love? Listen, they don't remember when I say clean your room or, hey, make sure your homework's done. But they're like, Dad, tell us this story when Mama was just so slap crazy about you. She chased you all over that campus. Oh, yes. And then Mama tells her version of the story, and it's a little different than mine. You know, Jesus was the master storyteller. In fact, some scholars believe that, that in the, the Gospels, that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, that he told almost 40 parables. And I love it because a parable, in fact, the, the Greek word for parable, para means beside, and balo means to cast. Parabolo, parable means to cast beside. It means to take an unfamiliar idea and cast it next to a familiar idea so that the meaning is revealed. And Jesus, I think, is giving us something important. He's saying, if you want to understand the meaning of all the parables, it starts right here with this one. You know, Jesus would teach the crowd in parables. Uh, thousands of people would gather just like this. We have thousands of people in this room today, and they would gather together to hear Jesus tell a story. But often the meaning of that story was hidden to them. They didn't understand what he was saying. It was a mystery. Sometimes the kingdom of God is mysterious. But Jesus would then take his disciples to the side and explain to them the meaning of what he had shared. How many of you love it when you get the inside scoop? Oh, I like being on the inside. Jesus is giving us insider information. 
And he's saying, listen, how can you understand the meaning of all the others if you don't know the meaning of this one? Well, let's look and see what he's talking about. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. And a very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. I love that. He didn't preach from the synagogue, but he got into a boat. This was unconventional, unheard of. How many of you appreciate that Jesus embraces creativity? He didn't just do the same old thing the same old way. I think it takes all different kinds of experiences to reach all different kinds of people. You see, tradition will say, hey, you need a pulpit to preach your message. But creativity says your best messages won't come from behind a pulpit. Can I have a better amen? Some of you are like, well, Mike, you're the preacher. You're the one that's supposed to give the meaning. No, 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 no. You have a message as well. You've got a platform. You have a venue. Use what God has put in front of you. What's your boat that you need to step into? Jesus taught from a hillside. He stepped into the boat. I love that creativity. The Bible says, then he sat in the middle of the boat, and all the people remained on the shore. And he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Verse 3, listen, Jesus says, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. Somebody say fertile soil. And they sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later when Jesus was alone with the 12 and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Now, this is a great chapter for you to read in full on your own time. And because we're limited here today, I want to try to summarize some of the things that Jesus was saying here. Uh, the, 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 the text itself explains the different kinds of soils and what they represent. But you need to know up front that the sower or the farmer is God himself. God is the one that plants. Now, the Bible talks about seed that fell in different areas. The seed is the word of God, or things of the kingdom of God. So do you have this picture? God is the farmer. Now, the, the, the seed is the gospel, or things of the kingdom. And then the soil, which is what I want to spend most of our time talking about today, the soil represents our hearts. Now, if you're taking notes, we, we say that history makers are note takers. I want you to jot down this first thought. Number one, everything God gives us in the kingdom, it comes in the form of a seed. Everything God gives us in the kingdom comes in the form of a seed. How many of you know we serve a good God? And he's given us great things. But the things that he gives us comes in the form of a seed. Nobody arrives fully developed. Are you with me today? 
How many know we don't come out as God's gift at this green earth? We come out with a lot of potential, but a whole lot of work that needs to be done. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's still working on me. Aren't you glad God hasn't given up on you? Now, he created you. I want you to see this. When God created you, he took a piece of himself and placed it inside of you. There are seeds of greatness in you. Well, I feel so strongly about that. I don't think we look at ourselves in that respect. But maybe because of, of the negativity we've grown up in, or the failures that we've experienced, or the disappointment that we've battled over the years. We don't look at ourselves as anything great. But when God made us, he put seeds of greatness inside of us. You were not created to be average. You know why? Because there's nothing average about God. Come on, help me preach this a little bit today. You were created to do great things for a great purpose unto a great God. Don't ever apologize for the ambition to be your best. Listen, when God made you, he was not having a bad day. When God made you, it wasn't on daylight savings time. Well, I thought I had 24 hours. I guess I only had 23. Here we go. Put her on the conveyor belt. There's nothing absent or missing in your life. You have kingdom potential inside of you, but it's formed in a seed. Within that seed is great transformational power. I brought this. I got this little bowl up here, and I think you probably wonder, well, what's in that bowl? I want you to see this. This is a little acorn. Think about this. This is the seed from a tree. There's, there's nothing special or significant about this. In fact, you can collect these all day. And, okay, we got, let, let, let me slow down right here. Here we go. Here you go, zoom in on that. You can collect these all day and do absolutely nothing with it. But when this little acorn finds good ground, something happens. You know, one of the things I love about this state, and I love Louisiana. How many love Louisiana. I just feel like God took a little slice of heaven and he put it right here and said, I'm going to call this Louisiana. And I'm going to put my favorite people on the earth right here in South Louisiana. And I'm going to feed them gumbo and crawfish. Come on, somebody. How many know they're not eating crawfish up in Vermont today? He took a little slice of heaven and he gave it to his favorite people. And one of the staples of South Louisiana is the towering oak trees. I want you to put that picture up on the screen. I love seeing those oak trees, those stately oak trees with the Spanish moss that's kind of draped over them. You know, these trees right here are, are forming a tunnel. I, look, that's your backyard right there. Come on, that's probably HPC St. Francisville. Come on, somebody. Man, there's nothing as beautiful or majestic as an oak tree. People drive for miles to be able to see something like this. And yet, you know what? This is where we live. And sometimes we take it for granted. Those towering oaks came from a little seed like this. There's nothing special about the seed, but there's something special that happens when the seed finds good ground. It's amazing what can grow. Something so big can grow from something so small. You have small seeds of greatness inside of you, but you weren't created to live a small life. Come on, can you help me preach today? 
Man, there, there's kingdom potential locked up inside of you. And from one little seed grows a towering oak tree that produces hundreds of more seeds. My mama used to say this. She'd say, son, man can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. Do you see the multiplication that comes from this one little seed? Everything that God gives us in the kingdom, it starts in the form of a seed. In fact, in the Garden of Eden, I want you to see this, after man and and woman, after they fell into sin, God began to to give consequences for what had happened, and he says these words in Genesis 3.15. He says, and I will put enmity open hostility, he's speaking this to the serpent. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your seed offspring and her seed. He shall fatally bruise your head and you shall only bruise his heel. The very first time the prophetic utterance of the Messiah is right here in Genesis 3. And guess what God calls him? The seed. You know what that tells me? When you say yes to Jesus, you have all the power you need right there in that seed. Can I have a better amen? Everything God gives us, it comes to us in the form of a seed. But the second thing I want you to see is this. Seeds have to find good soil in order to grow. This little acorn's not doing anybody any good right here in this bowl. But if I take this acorn and I put it in the right environment, and that's why environments are so important. When we talk about the environment, we're talking about the condition of your heart. You know, when your heart is good ground, great things begin to grow. But if your heart is not not good condition, even the best things struggle to produce life. Are you with me? You know, I didn't say this in the first service, but speaking of environment, you know the koi fish, you know the brightly colored freshwater fish that originates from the Far East? That koi fish, they say if you put it in a little bowl, it will grow two inches in length. But if you take it from the bowl and you put it in a large aquarium, it will grow eight inches in length. Same fish, different environment. Take it from that aquarium and put it in a large pond and it'll grow 18 inches in length. But if you take it from the pond and put it in a freshwater lake or a stream, that koi fish will grow 42 inches long. You see, the potential for 42 inches was in that fish from the very beginning. Guess what restricted it? It's environment. Come on, are you with me? Turn your neighbor and say, that's good preaching right there. You could have tons of potential, but if you don't find the right place, come on now. That's why I believe this church is good ground. I believe a healing place is a good environment for you to walk in the fullness of all 42. Come on, somebody. So the question is, what's the condition of your soul? If God's put kingdom seeds inside of us, you know, if a flower doesn't bloom, it's not the flower's fault. You work on the environment. In this gospel of Mark, in chapter 4, he goes on to say there are 
four different kinds of soils. He said the first was a footpath. It was hardened by nature because it had been trampled underfoot. Some of you have been stepped on and your heart has become hardened. God's trying to do some things in you and through you, but it's not bearing any fruit because your soil is hard and God's saying, be careful. Footpath is not good ground to grow. It also lists a second kind of soil called rocky ground. The the rocky ground, they receive the word with joy, but they fall away as soon as problems arise. We'll talk about that in just a second. And then he goes on to say that the third ground is thorns. Uh, But yet the problem with this is things would begin to sprout, but because of worry or the, the pressures of life or the pleasures of life, it would choke the life outside, right out of what was trying to grow. You know, the, the, the soil speaks to the condition of our soul. And I want to talk to you just a little bit as your pastor. Make sure your heart is good ground. Do whatever it takes to be fertile in your spirit. Because your capacity to grow is determined by the condition of your soul. Come on, did you catch that? Your your capacity to grow is, is conditioned. It's determined by what's happening right here on the inside, the Bible says in four, Proverbs 4.23, guard your, how, your heart for above all else, it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. Pay attention to the soil of your soul because this is going to determine. What's on the inside will, de- will determine what people see on the outside. What's on here will determine what grows from here. That's why you can have two people and they can be given the same plan. Let, let's take this for instance. Let, let's say that two people are trying to diet, okay? Two people trying to lose weight. They've got the same plan, okay? We're going to do the same things, but they could end up in two very different places. I talked to one guy one time and he said, you know, I was trying to lose weight. And so a friend of mine said, hey, here's the best plan. The best diet is this. For breakfast, eat like a king. For lunch eat like a prince, but for dinner, eat like a pauper. So he said, okay, that's what I'm, how many's heard that before? Okay, only three of you? Some of you, write that down, write that down. (laughs) So he did, for two weeks, man, he ate like a a king for breakfast, a prince for lunch, and then when dinner time rolled around, ate like a pauper, and he didn't lose any weight, so he was so frustrated, he was talking to his friend about it, he's like, you know, the plan doesn't work, and the guy was like, well, explain to me what you've been doing. He says, well, I wake up in the morning, I eat like a king. Lunch rolls around, I kind of dial it back, I eat like a prince. And then at dinner, I eat like a pauper. But right before I go to bed, I hear this whisper that says, long live the king. (laughs) How many know the guy had a good plan? Come on, somebody. He had the right plan. A buddy of mine sent me a text this week. In fact, he sent me a picture. He said, Pastor, this is what I'm eating for breakfast. It was egg whites, it was blueberries, and avocado. Does that sound good to anybody? Man, I need biscuits and gravy. Come on, talk to me. He said, I'm going to live long and strong. I'm going I'm to resist the plan of the enemy by eating bad, and I'm going to assist the purposes of God by eating good. I'm like, well, that's fantastic. You know, you can have good intentions, but it's all what's happening in here that's going to make the difference. Let me give you another example. Two people can come to the same church. They can sit under the same worship, listen to the same preaching, and walk away 
two very different people. One person can come to church and be like, look at all that traffic. My God, my God. Can't even find a place to park. Where am I going to sit? This place is so big. My goodness. Oh, they're drinking lattes in the house of God. That's so religious. Hey, y'all think I live on another planet. I know what they say about us. I know what they do. Oh, man, that old pastor, just so entertaining. They watering down the gospel. It's like a rock show up in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Leave that day, get in their car, fighting and fussing. Man, they didn't, I, worship didn't do anything for me. <laughs> worship didn't do it. Thing. His music was way too loud. Lights up in my eyes. Pastor, who does he think he is? He just was off his game today. Was off his game. Okay? Another, another person comes to the same place. As soon as they walk in the doors, whew, feel something different in here. And there's life in this place. Wow, wow pe- people are friendly. Okay, it's, it's big. Big enough to reach the world, but small enough. Kind of feels like home up in here. Oh, man, that worship. Oh, my goodness, God was speaking to me during worship, man. Pastor, boy, he was in rare form on his birthday. And walk out totally changed. Now, they listen to the same worship, listen to the same word, have the same experience, but two very different perspectives. How many of you know that it's the condition of your soul that will determine what grows from your life? Come on, don't patty cake. Put your hands together if you believe that. You know, Rachel and I, we, we know very little about gardening. How many of you, you don't have a green thumb? Yeah, listen, I'm so bad that my fake plants have died <laughs> because I didn't pretend to water them. Come on, somebody. But if you want your heart, if you want the soil of your soul to be good ground, let me give you three quick things. The first is this. First of all, plow up the ground. Plow it up. Plow it up. Life can be hard, and if we're not careful, we'll go through hard times and we'll become hardened on the inside. You need to be good at plowing up the soil of your soul. Worship is a great way to just get before God. Sometimes I come in here and I don't always feel it, but aren't you glad we don't live by feelings? Worship speaks to my faith. Worship gets my focus off of myself and off of my problems, and it helps me to set my focus on God. And so now, all of a sudden, it's like praise is plowing up the ground of my soul. And here's why this is important, because God's word is fixing to go forth. And my heart now, now that the ground is plowed, that seed gets way down deep into the soil of my spirit. You see, it's not going to produce any fruit if it's simply laying on the surface. You got to do some things that begin to plow up your soul so that God's word can get planted. Listen, God's word does not return void. The issue is never with the seed. It's not with the soil, with the, the, with the sower, but the problem is with the soil. You see, worship begins to plow up your spirit. You know, the other day I was, I was praying, I was talking to God about a situation in my life. There was a, I was reflecting on a challenge in one of the friendships, relationships, of just major disappointment. I mean, just battling major disappointment and frustration. I know you feel like I live on a different planet, but how many know pastors are human? Man, and I was bringing this pain to the Lord about this relationship. And you know what I felt God whisper to me? 
Simply, and I, I was so frustrated, very confused, didn't know what to do. And here's what I felt God whispered to me. He said, Mike, keep your heart soft toward that individual. Keep your heart soft toward them. And you know what? I didn't have a lot of instruction, but I had direction. And so I just began to pray. Because how many of you know that if your heart is hardened, you'll never be reconciled to somebody? It's hard to be reconciled to somebody with a hard heart. But when your heart is soft, then you are put in position for whatever it is that God wants to do. Can I have a good amen? You know what else will plow up the ground of your heart? Repentance. In fact, I want you to write this down somewhere. Write down the phrase, I'm sorry. That is a great phrase. Why is it so hard to say? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm sorry. I know some of you wives were like, well, it's about time. (laughs) Trying to help a marriage out today. Come on. Why is it so hard to say? When you say, I'm sorry, you know what? There's a softening. I think practicing repentance will plow up the ground in our heart. This is a big deal. The second thing I wrote down is this. How, How do we keep our hearts good ground? Not only do we plow it up, but we got to fertilize the soil. we got to fertilize the soil. Fertilizer. Now, I'm going to tell you something here that's going to shock you, okay? Prepare to be shocked. Some of you are not going to react very well to what I'm getting ready to say. In fact, I may get some emails about what I'm getting ready to put out there. Some of you sitting up straight for the first time. I see you leaning in like, okay, what we got here? Hear this, sometimes God will use adversity as fertilizer in your life. No, that's not popular, but let me explain. This is going to sound a little strange. Are you ready? Manure. Okay, a little awkward. Let me talk to you about manure. It stinks. It's messy. It's yucky. But guess what? It will form some compost that will fertilize and enrich the soil. Some of you have been in a relationship and you've been messed on. Come on, somebody. You smell what I'm stepping in right now? (laughs) All of this yuckiness. You know what you need to declare? Lord, I thank you that what they have meant as a mess, you are using as fertilizer to grow me. This hard time, this tough situation, God, I'm growing. I'm better today than I was yesterday. Come on, can I have a good amen? Hey, but I'm not as good today as what I'm going to be tomorrow. You see, the Bible says in Psalm 110, verse 1, that God will make your enemies to be your footstool. Come on, just prop your feet out in front of you just for a second. Somebody say footstool. Yeah, what do you do with a footstool? Yeah, you put your feet on it. Guess what? Your enemies will be your footstool. Watch this. Watch this. If it weren't for adversity, you wouldn't have anything to step on to go to the next level. Are you with me? So don't curse and rehearse all the negative things coming at you. Thank God that he is giving you a chance to grow. Lord, I'm going to another level, and I'm going to make my enemies my footstool. I'm stepping up to get there. Mm, Come on, hum at me today. I love it. 46 and I never felt better. Third thing, let me quickly, I'm going to wrap this up. I can't believe Third thing, pull weeds. Pull weeds. 
pull weeds. Nothing improves with neglect. If you neglect your soul, weeds are going to grow up. And weeds will choke the life out of what God is trying to grow. You're here today, and that's a good thing. You know why? Because you're paying attention to this right here. And if you're going to pull weeds, you got to get down on your knees. Man, look, it's not about just walking with a weed eater. You got to get down on your hands and knees, man. And you got to pull that thing up by the root because the devil has planted some things in you that's trying to rob you and take from you what God wants to give you. You got to say, no, not today. Not today, devil. The word says that God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. I'm pulling that. Lord, you know what I have need of even before I ask. Lord, I'm believing for my children. Lord, you said that if if I train up my child in the way that he'll go, then when he gets older, he won't depart. I'm pulling up that weed right there. God, I'm just believing for my marriage to be restored. Lord, I'm not moved by what I feel or by what I see. I'm living by faith. So that weed's got to go. Come on, are you with me? Some of you got to pull some weeds because it's choking the life out of the kingdom potential inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say good ground. Oh, God wants our heart to be good ground. Let me tell you this. This seed right here has to find good ground. In fact, it's got to go under the ground. It can't just lay on the surface. This seed does its best work in hidden places. This thing will grow in places that your eye cannot observe. This seed will be covered by the weight of dirt. But let me tell you, there is life in this seed. There's so much power in this seed. It doesn't matter how much dirt you put over it. Life is coming up in Jesus' name. Don't, 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 don't. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Don't go dig up in doubt what you've planted in faith. You've planted, you've taken the promises of God and you've planted them under the ground. Now give that seed time to grow. Some of you are like, Mike, I'm not seeing any results. I haven't seen any change in my children. My finances are still struggling. My spouse, he won't give me any respect. I don't see anything. Listen, let that seed germinate in good ground. Water it with your prayers. Pull weeds if you have to. Come on, fertilize that thing. Keep the soil of your heart good, but leave that thing planted. Can I have a good amen? Oh, man, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Oh, finally, let me give this last thought. And this is a challenge to you. I'd simply say this. We need to take a soil sample every day. Every day you need a soil sample. You need to sample your soil. What's happening in your soul? Get a reading. What's the pH balance? What's the, the toxicity? Is there any acidic properties that need to be identified? Jesus finishes by saying this in verse 20. He says, in the seed that fell on good soil, good ground, watch what happens when your heart is good ground. It represents those who hear and accept God's word and they produce a harvest. Somebody say harvest. They produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. 30, 60, 100 fold. When your heart is good ground, a harvest is coming. Here's what you need to know. You reap what you sow. Watch this. You reap 
after you sow. Some of you are expecting a harvest and you've not even planted seeds. You reap what you sow, you reap after you sow, but you always reap more than you sow. Plant one little acorn, guess what? There's a tree coming with thousands of acorns. Now we're talking multiplication here. 30, 60, and 100. As I read that this week, I thought, Lord, if you created me for 100, I'm not satisfied with 30. Come on, are you with me? Man, listen, God, you've called me to great things. Not because I'm great, but because you are. And you serve a great God who's placed seeds of the kingdom inside of you. And the one thing he asks you is to make sure that the condition of your heart is fertile. 30, 60, 100. It's coming, baby. Come on, it's coming, baby. Come on, somebody say, we coming, baby. Come on, say, we coming and we ain't backing down. That's the church. That's what I feel for this house. That's what I feel for your family. I feel God has great things in store for you. Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.